This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, for decades, one of the Bay Area's most critical environmental issues has been emissions from the big oil refineries in the East Bay. That includes the Chevron plant in Richmond and the Valero refinery in Benicia. The danger of breathing toxic air from smoke and soot has been most apparent during disasters, like the 2012 fire at Chevron. It sent thousands to hospitals and showed the inadequacy of air monitors in the region. But now public trust has been damaged again. It turns out that between 2003 and 2019, a hydrogen stack at Valero was releasing some chemicals at a level hundreds of times higher than what was allowed. That's according to the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. It failed to detect the problem, and then it failed to alert the public when it discovered the extent of the pollution back in 2019. Officials are now saying the risk to people in and around Benicia is relatively low. But what happened? And what does it say about the way the air we breathe is regulated? My guest today is Chronicle reporter Julie Johnson. Julie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Julie, before we get into what exactly happened in this case, why is the issue of air monitoring so important in the East Bay and in places like Benicia and Richmond? Well, that part of the East Bay is home to four oil refineries where they make gasoline, diesel, jet fuel. And people have long been worried about the chemicals used in those factories. They worry about what it does to their health. They worry what it does to their environment, their water, their air. And in general, Julie, the, the, the monitoring has never been good. I think the regulators have admitted that the monitoring has never quite been there. Yes, exactly. A lot of what we know is what companies voluntarily report to regulators. And then air monitors out in the community have been limited in number. They've been limited in how often they test the air, and they've been limited in location. Yeah, exactly. You might have like an air monitor on a hillside somewhere, and you're not sure whether it's it's picking up stuff from the refinery. You might have monitors on the ground. You know, are, is that smoke, even in a disaster, is it even reaching those kind of fence line monitors? Exactly. And that's something the Chronicle found out after the 2012 Chevron fires, is that there were air monitors out there. They just weren't anywhere near the refineries. Yeah, got it. Okay, let's talk about this case. Why are people so upset now? Why this lack of trust? They're upset not only at uh, Valero, but at the Air District. What happened? So in January, the Bay Area Air Quality Management District announced they had been investigating Valero since 2019. And that's because they found out that Valero was releasing an excessive amount of compounds like benzene. And by excessive, that's a lot. The limit is 15 pounds per day, but Valero was emitting on average 4,000 pounds per day of these types of compounds. But people were mad because the district waited three years to tell them about it. All right. So before we get to that, I mean, why did Valero not know that it was putting out these chemicals for years and years? Well, Valero's explanation was pretty technical, and they wouldn't talk to me for this story. But what they said in documents that I read was that that particular vent 
wasn't listed on a document that had a list of all the emission sources of that facility. And that's hundreds of emission sources. And so their excuse was, we didn't know we had to test it for these particular compounds. And we didn't know we had to tell air regulators. Okay. So, so how did they finally discover it? They discovered it because a different oil refinery actually came forward to the air district and said, hey, we found that this hydrogen vent had a problem and we were over the legal limit of emissions. And so that prompted the air district to send a letter to all the refineries saying, please let us know what is happening with these hydrogen vents. And Valero responded. And I think it was six months later or something like that, they did some calculations and found that their emissions were far above what they were allowed to do. Okay, so that's 2019. Obviously, we've we've talked about people in those communities really want to know exactly what's coming out of these refineries, but the Bay Area Air Quality Management District sits on it. Why did they do that? They actually now admit that was a mistake, but they said at the time they were trying to investigate the problem. They were negotiating with Valero to get those emissions reduced, and so they were working behind the scenes. But I will say that they have come out pretty strongly and said, we, will, we won't do that in the future. We will tell people. And they've come up with a way to do that through like a public hearing process. So, Julie, I have to imagine in the community hearing this that, oh, we didn't tell you because we were in negotiations and somehow that would, would hurt this. I, I can't imagine that people in the community think that's a good excuse. Exactly. Even the mayor said the logic just didn't sit with him very well. And people I spoke with, which included, you know, city leaders, people who had spoken up at meetings, they really felt like it hurt their trust for the district. They're relying on the district to ensure that the stuff coming out of those stacks every day isn't going to hurt them. And now they look at everything with suspicion. They're questioning whether the district is being forthright. All right, I want to ask you about the harm, but let's take a quick break on fifth admission. We'll be right back with Julie Johnson. You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle reporter Julie Johnson. We're talking about emissions from the Valero refinery. Julie, these emissions that the public did not know about for many years, what do regulators say about the risks associated with them? Well, the chemicals released are regulated because they can be toxic to people, especially benzene, which is a known carcinogen. But Because of the weather in the area, it's possible that the wind, more often than not, was pushing all those emissions out into the Carquina Strait. In an analysis the Air District did, they estimated that there were only two hours within a five-year time period they looked at where, like, the weather would have been pushing that stuff into town. They also estimated a longer-term risk for benzene. They put the risk of developing cancer at Three chances in one million. All right. It seems like a low number, but I wonder if people trust that given that they weren't told about this from the very beginning. Yeah, I think it's hard for people to believe that emissions so far beyond what's allowed could carry so little risk. And I think the fact that the Air District didn't tell anyone for so long and that Valero didn't 
report it as well. I think they find it makes it all hard to believe. I want to ask you about Andres Soto. You know, in the East Bay around these refineries, there are these community leaders and scientists who try to hold these refineries to a certain standard, try to hold their feet to the fire. What is his take on this? I mean, they've been through a lot of wars out there with these refineries. What is his take on, on this issue and how it affects people that live out there? Yeah, Andre Soto, I spent a lot of time talking with him. He's a community organizer who just retired after a long career dealing with environmental issues in Richmond, in Benicia, in Vallejo. He lives in Benicia, where Valero is really involved in the community. He talked about Valero patches on his grandson's baseball uniforms. And he said he's always been skeptical of the relationship between regulators and oil refineries. And this just further proved his suspicion to be valid. I know Valero wouldn't talk to you, but but did they fix this issue? Yeah. Valero said they immediately started working to make it better. So by 2020, they had installed a workaround that helped cut emissions by 71%. And the latest figure is that they have cut it by 98%. That is still above what's allowed, but it's 98% less than the peak of the problem. And they're going to do more, but it's going to require a complicated construction project that's going to take a little more time. Okay. And what about the Air District? What are they doing? I mean, what are they doing in relation to Valero? And what are they doing with monitoring? The Air District is still investigating Valero for this. The issues involve, you know, not reporting emissions violations. So they're still in the middle of that. And part of what they're trying to figure out is how much money is it going to be involved? They're going to levy fines against Valero, and they just haven't said quite how much yet. I know people like Andres hope it's a meaningful amount to deter not only Valero, but other oil refineries from, you know, polluting the community. But we don't know yet what that will be. The Air District also has said that they're going to change the way they do business. When this type of thing is discovered in the future, they're going to bring it before a public board so that they can alert people right away. Julie, could the EPA look into this? Yes. Air pollution is regulated by the Clean Air Act, and the Air District did refer this to the EPA, although they couldn't confirm whether they were investigating. All right. Last question, Julie. I mean, we always seem to be talking about these issues with the refineries when we're also talking about gas prices, just because we're always talking about gas prices. I mean, people use these refined fuels from these refineries. I mean, is there is there a, a tension here between what the refineries do and people's health, or, or, or is the point larger than that? Well, it's complicated. We use cars to get around. We depend on airplanes to transport goods and people. We need jet fuel. We need diesel. We need gasoline. At least we do at this point. And that's like a bigger question in California right now is how to reduce our need for those things. But people in communities like Benicia and Richmond, they feel like they carry a greater burden because they have to ingest the chemicals used to produce these essential things. All right, Julie Johnson, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle reporter Julie Johnson. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs> 